Hello, all you wonderful listeners. This is Julie Baumgartner, and welcome to another episode of Rise Up with Julie Baumgartner, where we talk with specialists in their field of expertise to encourage, motivate, and equip those with big dreams to rise up and achieve their goals. Our guests share valuable tips and resources to apply to your own life and go forward on your path to success. Our guests have a following either because of their expertise, have given back and invested in their communities, or have engaged in relationship building contributing to their success. Today on Rise Up, we have a multi-million dollar producing real estate agent for O'Neill Real Estate in Fort Smith, Arkansas. At age 28, she stepped into the real estate game with a humble heart and a strong hustle. She is devoted to family, a wife of eight years to Aaron, a mom of two daughters, ages one and two, and has successfully balanced both family and career. She is an award-winning real estate agent, earning titles of excellence, Rookie of the Year, Silver Award for Sales Volume, and works with the award-winning real estate firm voted Best of the Best. Today, we welcome Amanda Betancourt. Hello, Amanda, and welcome. Thanks for having me. The real estate or getting started in any business requires developing relationships, Mm -hmm. seeking out clients, and proving yourself in the quality of your service in a very competitive field. How did you build relationships? How did you set yourself apart? And how did you get started? Yeah, so relationships is huge, obviously, in anything that you do, especially real estate, because you're in the field of people you're in the people field and personally for me I feel like it's making people's dreams or a big part of their dreams come true is building or buying homes um so I kind of already I use my circle of influence is what we like to call um and I have a kind of already had a larger circle of influence before real estate and so that definitely helped me um get started stronger because people already knew who I was because of my career before Mm -hmm. real estate. And I just, in case people didn't know, and they probably don't, I was in ministry before real estate. And my husband and I were the kids pastors of our local church, Harvest Time in Fort Smith. And uh, so we were like living the dream, you know, Mm -hmm. working ministry together. Mm -hmm. So I was very well known with, with people there. It's a larger church. So whenever I jumped ship and went into full-time real estate, it wasn't like no one knew who I was. People kind of already knew, and they were already supporting me and trusted me um, for so many years. So that definitely, I think your reputation, the way you treat people definitely follows you no matter what you're doing and where you go. The way, the mark that you leave on people is never going to be missed. It's never going to leave. People will always remember how you treated them and um, and how they trust you. So I definitely think that that helped me uh, kind of launch me forward and how people help promote me and and support me in my business what made you go into real estate so I knew like I said we worked ministry and um, for so many years I took a lot of time and energy and supporting and growing and teaching other people's children and um, the biggest thing was a very personal reason for me we it took us many years and work and help with doctors and medicine and science to conceive my first daughter, Sage. And she's two and a half now and full of life. And um, once I had her, 
I kind of felt a shift in my spirit. You know, I, I spent all this time growing other people's children. I feel like now the Lord is telling me, like, I need to be focusing on mine. However, I need to be supporting my family also financially. So it was kind of a, a weird time. And um, I decided to seek after some of our family friends, Farah and Stephen Shopak. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends know them. They're great, great, great people. And they're now my mentors and have been. I love them so much. And they were kind of in the the peak of their career. And they're just so amazing and so successful. And so I was like, well, if, if both of them can do this, why can't I do this? You know, what's stopping me? And so being the organized mind and just a type and I had to know everything and what I've learned is that you will never know everything about real estate you just kind of have to take a leap and so after um, consulting with them a lot I decided to just go forward and do it and um, the funny fun fact is that I signed myself up for real estate school and uh, my daughter she wasn't even she was nine months old I think less than nine months old and three days before uh, I started real estate school. I learned I was pregnant with my second daughter, <laughs> Rose, who mm-hmm. is now one. So it was a great time. It was like mm-hmm. the Lord has a person, a funny personality sometimes and a sense of humor. And so um, I knew if I was going to do this, I had to do it good. I had to hustle. I had to make something, of, make a name for myself and make myself good at this because this is what was going to support my family. Mm-hmm. I learned kind of just what doors could open for you in real estate from my mentors so they inspired me a lot for sure for those who have not had a background or a career um, that has networked them or where people know them and trust them what would you recommend to those who are just getting started how would you advise them the best way to go about building relationships Mm -hmm. yeah so if you don't already have Maybe, I mean, and not very many people are just influencers and people, you know, make have already made a name for themselves. Not That's not the case for many people. So um, if you're just from ground zero and no one knows who you, you think you're a nobody, for one, that's wrong. You are not a nobody. You have, And you can't go into this thinking that you're a nobody because there are so, there's like six or 700, I don't know how many agents are in our MLS here. And uh some of them are very successful. So when you go into this and start comparing yourself, that's where you go wrong. Um, but when you get started out, sometimes like if things are quiet for you, and this is what so many things in life, like when things are quiet for you and you're just starting out, sometimes you just got to make your own noise. You know, if things around you are quiet and your business is quiet and you need it to be louder, you just got to make your own noise because no one else is going to be pushing you forward. No one else is going to be promoting you and your business like you are. That being said, on the flip side, when you earn those checks, like no one else did anything to help you get that. You know, it's, it's, you did that. And that's such a remarkable feeling of success to me personally. Um, So you just gotta, you gotta make it happen for yourself. You gotta make some noise, um, get out there on social media. That's a big deal for me. Like, everyone's on social media your grandma's on social media you know so like if anyone tells me social media doesn't matter it's only for millennials and what have you that's not true and I don't believe it at all because that's where a lot of my influences come from is social media and my presence and image there and so you of course have to have stuff to back that up it's not all about image but it's a big deal and 
you have to have the integrity and the communication skills and the smarts as well. But I'd say if you're just starting out, you got to make your name for yourself where the people are and the people are on social media, period. You know, wherever the people are, that's where you have to be in your community for sure. For those, and obviously you are a beautiful woman and social media may come really very natural to you. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those aspiring to get ahead in business and maybe they don't feel they're the most photogenic or mm-hmm. um, they don't have anything in their daily life to promote. Yeah. It, w- when you're in the quiet, mm-hmm. what is marketing on social media? Right. Yeah. So the first thing I thought of when you were saying that, there's, especially here, like in the Brewer Valley and Oklahoma, I mean, all of our surrounding areas, it's not just a pool of millennials and Gen X or Gen Z, you know, agents, you know, there's some, I'm 30 now, and there are some agents that are younger than me, but for the most part, I'm, I'm the young pup, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of, most of the agents are older than me, and then older than those that are older than me, they're older than my mentors, and, you know, maybe they aren't big on social media, and that's fine, because they've built a reputation for themselves, and have deemed themselves credible, and have uh, referrals and repeat business. I mean, there's agents here that have been doing real estate for longer than I've been alive. And like I said before, when you start focusing on that and people's success, that's where you go wrong. You have to really stay one track mind in your own success in your mind um, or else you'll just fall into the comparison game. But I don't think Social media is super important to me and in my business and my influence, so my influential circle, but that doesn't mean that it's one size fit all. And that's a big deal with real estate. It is not one size fit all. There's so many different ways to do everything. Um, And so if you're not big on social media, I would encourage you to at least start somewhere uh, because you're gonna have a pool of people no matter where you're at, that I can't reach. And I'm going to have a pool of people that you can't reach. Um, so there's people who are older and maybe they're in clubs or they're a part of organizations or whatever it is, wherever you're at, be it social media or not, like make it happen there. If you're at the library every Tuesday for a book club, make it happen there. If you're part of the sewing circle at church, make it happen there, you know, um, if you do real estate part-time, which most ev- a lot of people do, especially starting out, they just do part-time real estate and keep their, full, their other job for financial reasons, make it happen there. Wherever you're at, be an influence. It doesn't have to be on the other side of your phone or your computer, not on social media. Be an influence wherever you're at, no matter where it's at. We all know the importance of networking. Mm-hmm. How do you network successfully where people don't dread seeing you coming, where you're constantly being your brand and selling your product. How do you go about just being genuine Mm -hmm. in these (laughs) networks? Yeah, it makes me think of like whenever you go up to the car dealership to get a car wash or your oil change and everyone starts flocking your vehicle (laughs) with clipboards. (laughs) And I love, I have good friends who are car salesmen, so I'm not trying to pick on them, but, um, yeah, it, you, it's a fine line because in one way you want, you are your brand. 
You know, I am Amanda Betancourt with O'Neill Real Estate. No one else is that. I am that. However, I'm also a mom. I'm also a pastor's wife. I'm also a best friend and um, so many other things. So it's like you want to, you have to be your brand no matter where you're at. That's kind of like a filter effect is what I like to see. Or I explain it like that. It's like a filter. You are your brand everywhere you, you go. Now it's up to you whether you or not you put that filter on full effect or kind of lower effect. Okay, I can come in here and have a conversation with you as a friend and bring coffee and just chat about anything but real estate. But I'm still Amanda Betancourt with Ono Real Estate. Or I can come through the door with contracts and house listings and like talk about nothing but homes. And you'd be like, okay, when is she going to leave? Like, I just wanted my coffee. <laughs> you know, so um, I think I think you said it. Like, you have to be genuine with people. They have to know that you care about them on a level that's not just I want your business. Or, hey, when you need to sell a house, call me. Or buy, call me. Like, that comes second. What comes first is people's hearts. What comes first is the level of appreciation and communication you have with people and how you make them feel on a relational level. And then comes the trust to where they can, oh yeah, I remember Amanda, she's, you know, her daughter's in my class and I had those conversations with her at the donut, you know, (laughs) station at school. I think I need to buy a house. Let me, let me go call her. Well, you, that's not the first thing you want people to think of, I think. I think you want people to think of you as a, a, a friend first and build trust first. You mentioned that you had a mentor. Mm-hmm. How important is that if someone is starting out oh in gosh. a business? Um, how invaluable is that? And, and then if you don't have one, do you seek one out? Or can you just forgo that stage and just jump right into it? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't know how, what it's like to just jump right in without someone helping or supporting me. I mean, a mentor is so important. And I don't think that's just the case with real estate. I think that's anything that you are passionate about that you want to succeed in. You need a mentor. You need, you've never done this before. I've never done real estate before now. Like, I didn't know how, to, how it all works. And there's so much on the line. And you're dealing with people's lives, you know, and their dreams. And I didn't want to screw that up. So a mentor for me was detrimental. It was very, very important. And um, like I said, the show packs were family friends, close friends of mine. And they've really helped me and helped form me. And they are, I mean, double diamond producing. That they're, That's real estate talk but I mean that's a big deal in the real estate game and they're so successful and that's who I want to be like and I told them the other day when we got our awards I was like I'm coming after your throne so just watch out and they're like come after it come get it like they're always they're pushing me Um, and that's what I feel like everyone needs it's a big industry and there's a lot at stake and you need someone that's going to just push you on and what my broker says Aaron O'Neill he's always like I'm not going to cry you a river I'm not going to give you a pity party when your deals fall through I'm going to say you know stand up let's keep going let's hustle and personally like I appreciate that I know a lot of people don't (laughs) but I do and that pushes me if you don't have a mentor and you're getting started in this field I still would say seek one out find someone at your firm um, that you could you choose 
the firm that you go to. I knew that I was going to O'Neill Real Estate without a doubt. There was not, I didn't even go anywhere else to question brokers or anything. Um, I knew who I wanted to work for. And so within your firm, find someone that you aspire to be, you know, look forward, look who has the sales volume, look who has the image, you know, whatever it is, all the things and go after them, follow them, get in their car, ride around with them, learn. Are you mentoring anyone? I am. Yes. So, um, after my first year, so this makes two years at the end, at the end of this year, I'll be in real estate for two years. feels like a lifetime already, but, (laughs) um, so yes, I've brought on I've brought on an agent and I mentor him and he (laughs) is, it's so cool because like he's had his license for five minutes and has already have these listings and is hustling and learning and growing. And it's so cool. I'm like, I had a part of that, you know, but our team, our whole team at owner real estate is just impeccable. Like we are always promoting each other and pushing each other. So even if you're not like the direct mentor for someone or you don't have a direct mentor yourself, you have a team there that's like always just, we're like a family and it's awesome. It means the world. I know that's not the case for other real estate firms for sure. And, but it is for us. So I love it there. Real estate firms provide training, but what training did you pursue on your own? Mm -hmm. So not all real estate firms do provide training. Um, You go through school and whether it be online at your own pace or you do the weekends. Um, I did a three weekend course here in Fort Smith locally and then um, you start you learn on your own and you 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 have to test you have to take real estate and then the law test and all the all the good things and you have to pass and um and sometimes unfortunately you pass you get your license and then you're on your own um thankfully for me at my firm we do trainings every single week on Tuesdays and we're always learning from lenders and from insurance people and whoever it is, even pest people, like uh, inspectors, anyone that we deal with, like we always are having people come in experts and we're learning because we never want to stop learning and never want to stop growing. Um, And that's, even if that wasn't the case for my firm, I would still be doing that. I would still be sitting down with a lender, a local lender, bi-weekly, weekly at lunch and just being, hey, Where's interest rates at? Hey, where are we going here? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Or talking to an inspector. Like, hey, what are you looking for in homes for inspections? Like, you got to get, you got to keep getting better or else you're going to go backwards. Mm-hmm. What other strategies are you using right now to better yourself? So to better myself personally, I think you can't be good in business if you're not good just personally, if that makes sense. Like, uh, in, a, in church terms, <laughs> you can't like um, disciple someone if you're not being discipled yourself. You know the, the drill. Um, I can't mentor someone if I'm not being mentored myself. Um, so, I mean, I'm constantly trying to learn. Like I said, I'm tr- constantly seeking out advice from other people who are better than me, stronger, faster than me, has more hustle than me. Um, I'm, it really just comes back to the filter of trying to get better, no matter what that looks like, just get better. And that looks different for everyone, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking at market analysis all the time, seeing where rates are, seeing what comps are in all these areas. I do a lot of um, – my husband and I do investing too. And so even just before I was here today, 
we were looking at a potential flip. So I was looking at the market area and just all the things to, to, to better my knowledge of the, of our area. Were you flipping before real estate? We did actually. Yes. We turned our first home out there in Barling, our first home after we were married that we turned into our rental. And then, um, we did our first flip here in Fort Smith and it was a crazy experience and I was not in real estate yet. And then we did another flip when I was getting my license and I was able to actually sell that one out in Greenwood. And, uh, that was cool that we, we did all the work ourselves. And then I was able to put my sign in the yard with my name on it and then sell it. And it was, it was cool. We liked doing stuff like that. So now the two can kind of work hand in hand. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. What have you tried in the past that did not work for you? So (laughs) one thing that I did once and I'll never do again is it's like whenever you become a real estate agent, you become a realtor, you get your license, hang it up at someone's firm and you're good to go. It's like all of a sudden the world knows you're a realtor and they trying to they try to call you with uh, what's called lead generation. Like these lead generation companies and they're like, "Hey, pay us $600 a month and we'll send you you're going to get guaranteed 100 pre-qualified buyers ready to go in your area." And of course, I was like, what? A hundred prequel? Yes. Take all my money. <laughs> and, uh, so I actually did that once I fell into the trap and nothing came of it. And it kind of just taught me that again, like if my business is going to grow, if my business is going to boom and I'm going to look good and be professional and be the best I can be, it's going to be because of me. It's not going to be because of some lead generation company that tries to promise me a hundred new leads for $600 and then you can pay an extra $200 for this <laughs> and all the things. Um, that's not what's going to do it. It's going to be because of me. So I will never do that again. It is expensive to be honest. It's not cheap to just, uh, to get started. It, you have many fees for, um, national fees and state fees and local board fees, and then just going through the school and the textbook and testing even there's just a lot of fees and it can be a little bit overwhelming at first which again is like you sell one house and that's going to take care of all that investment and it's all necessary. Um, so that's just things that are off, like from the beginning necessary. You have to have that kind of investment money. Um, now to build your business, um, I have found that if I invest in myself and my following and in my people, um, that's what grows my business too. So I'm a firm believer in, um, like I take care of my clients and my past clients. I'm constantly like quarterly, quarterly in the year. I I send gifts to my clients, to my past clients, trying to keep on top of mind because you never know life happens all the time, every day, uh, divorces, babies, death, like, uh, relocation, all the things that that cause huge life moments and a lot of times moving is part of that and whether it's a glorious time or a sad time I want to be there for my people and so the way to do that is to stay on top of mind and the way to do that is not just to be quiet Um, it's not just selling a house and then disappearing forever it's being there when their water heater breaks and they forgot who their home warranty company is <laughs> or, Hey, my neighbor's wanting to move. Uh, can you help them out? You know, it's, it's staying on top of mind. So 
that does take a little bit of investment. You know, that does take, whether it's, I don't know, sending out gift cards from time to time or even just spending some money on print campaigns, on mailers or stuff like that for your community. Um, It does take some money, but all of that is not, I can't say it's absolutely necessary. It's just part of it's just part of who I am in my business. I like to give back to the community and be very present, like I said earlier, where I am. I am at my kid's school. I am at certain locations that I like to invest in, but I stay on top of mine that way. So, Have you ever been shy? Um, I think, I don't know if shy would be the term, maybe intimidated, if I'm being honest. Like I said earlier, like I, there are agents that are younger than me, but for the most part, I mean, if you're 30 and under, you're, you're the young pup in this industry. And, um, when you walk into a room in real estate, you're, you're going to be, if you're smart, you're going to be a part of a lot of events, um, a lot of meetings. And, uh, for one, you have to be able to walk into a room with your shoulders back, know who you are and who you represent and uh, pretend even if not one soul knows who you are you walk in pretending that everyone knows who you are that's Amanda Betancourt she works for a new real estate she was rookie of the year she was you know she sold that much in volume blah 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 all the things and you just pretend Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but like I said like when you walk in the room and you know everyone here is older than you everyone here has been doing this for so many years and have had so many transactions and so much success and I'm just me like that's that can be kind of intimidating you know but like I said you just you just pretend that they all know who you are (laughs) you pretend the confidence until you have the confidence that's right (laughs) yeah yeah. are you more referral or market-based um well I wish I could say I was all referral because referral is huge in this industry um like I'd said like you want to be top of mind you want people who know other people to refer you constantly um that's how you get your name out there but you know just starting out you're not going to be referral you know just starting out people don't they don't know who you are they're not going to trust you so um now a couple years down the road like now even at year two mark I'm already starting to get repeat business because of, like I said, life alterated, like life things are happening, relocations to North, lots of people moving to Northwest Arkansas. And so they're turning back to me like, hey, I know you just sold my house. You know, we bought it a year and a half ago, but we need to move. So can you take care of us? Um, stuff like that is great. But again, you have to be, you have to be present where you're at you have to bloom where you're planted you have to be an influence where you're at for me at social media at my kids school at the boutiques the local places that I'm constantly at they know who I am um and so yeah I, I'm trying to drop cards where I'm at anywhere I go I try to drop a card make a contact shake a hand at least leave wherever you're at with one person one new person kind of knowing who you are it sounds kind of intimidating, and it, it can be, <laughs> if I'm honest, but it's important. How do you structure your day to make the most productive use of your time? Oh, man. So for me, and maybe it's just because I've had a lot of success, thankfully, um, but every day is so different. You know, I could I could plan out my, my week to a T and 
not one thing happen how it's supposed to just because when you're dealing with people I mean people change their minds people are constantly moving and shaking and um, you kind of have to just go with them so I um, I try to block out times I know that on Mondays I'm in the office at this time and I leave at this time and then I go to the gym and I make this time for myself and I'm home at this time every day because I will cook dinner for my family like that is a big part of my life is providing nutrition for my family it's a big deal to me and uh like very like when real estate comes in the way of that mom guilt steps in but I try very hard to prioritize and I do that by blocking out times and trying my hardest to stick to a schedule it's a lot um like I said earlier um I found out two three days before I went and even went into school for real estate that I was pregnant again and uh it's just you know, things like that happen. You just deal with it? Yeah, you just go. <laughs> you just keep moving. Like, my hashtag that I add to most all my posts is Amanda on the move. Hashtag Amanda on the move. It's even on my little, my signs whenever people, you sell your house with me, it says sold. Hashtag Amanda on the move. Because I literally am always on the move. Whether it's real estate or something for my toddler, something for my baby, something for my husband, um, all the things. Like, I'm constantly on the move and I would never, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, how do I balance it? If real estate comes in the way of something that I think is important for my family, say I miss a bedtime, that that just hurts my heart even saying it, but it happens because people work. They can't see homes till after six o'clock and you know, you just gotta make it happen. For every time something like that happens, I make it a priority to, whether my toddler realizes it or not that mommy wasn't there to cook dinner, I make it a priority to do something else. Like the other day, she had her first haircut and I made it a big deal. We went and got unicorn ice cream and we went to the haircut and we got new clips and that was during the day. Like, and people who work normal jobs, I say normal, like you're eight to five, um, they don't have that opportunity. But in real estate, you do, you, it is what you make it. So that's what I decided to do. You mentioned you found out that you were pregnant when you were, was it you were taking the real estate exam? It was three days before I went to school. So what would you tell someone who is waiting for that perfect time to launch into their dream job? (laughs) You're going to be waiting for a while. (laughs) There just never is. Like, honestly, looking back at my life, and I adored working for the church. I love my church, um, and I love what I did there and the impact that I made and continue to make. Um, however, I wish I would have started real estate when I was 21, when, as soon as I could have. Uh, like I, I wish I would have started because now I'm like, golly, I'd, I would have been what, eight or nine years into it by now, and I'd be, oh, it would just, the opportunities are endless in real estate. It's constantly evolving and constantly growing, and you're constantly growing and learning if you're smart. And um, I wish I could have just done it way back then. But no, there's never, there's never the perfect time. Something's always going to happen, like, you know, getting pregnant, <laughs> having a baby. So that definitely made for an interesting first year, which was, it feels like, when I talk about this, it feels like it was 10 years ago. It was literally just last year, 2019. I had a baby, had an extremely large uh, career change into real estate, and I did, like, gosh, 10 times more real estate than I thought that I would, than I expected. Like the Lord's blessed me tremendously in this, in this industry. What do you contribute 
that growth to? Um, my hustle for sure. Um, I mean, I firmly do believe that the Lord has blessed me and this whole thing was a God thing. And, um, I think that he allows me to see things and treat people and be able to communicate to people in a way that not everyone is able to do. And I don't take that for granted at all. And, um, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very blessed. I know that's a very like cliche thing to say, but the Lord has blessed me and my family with this opportunity and this career change. And, but I, I contribute my success to just a straight hustle, like every day, every week. And I don't mean that saying like, you have to stress yourself out and you have to go zero to a hundred all day, every day, because that's not what life's about. You know, I'm trying to live past <laughs> whatever age, like, I don't want to, that's, I don't want to strain my family and strain myself and my body. So when I say hustle, I mean internal hustle. I'm, like I said, trying to get better, trying to be in front of more people, be more present, be more of an influence, be more of a voice, and be more influential to people all the time. And, um, you know, that looks different to everybody, but I just try to stay on the move (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Do you think your drive and passion is one more to be happy or to be wealthy? Hmm. I feel like the right answer would be to say to be happy. But if I'm honest, it's both. I mean, I grew up way different than how I live now. And, you know, and we're not rich or anything like that. Like we are very, we're comfortable and blessed. But, you know, I, I was the first one in my whole entire family to have a college degree, to even go to college. And that's something I take pride in for sure. And, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana and my, we did not have a lot. My mom hustled a lot and just to get what, what we had. <laughs> and so I knew that even though I love where I came from and love my family to pieces, I wanted more. And so it's like, as soon as I graduated college, I was like, that's my launching pad. Like I'm moving forward and you're nothing's going to hold me back because I know where I came from and I know I want more and I know I want more for my kids, my family, my daughters. And, um, so wealth in the form of finances and money, it is, it is important to me. I'd be lying. And I think almost anyone would be lying if they said it wasn't important. It's appealing. Yeah. To some, to some degree, that's going to be important to you. And, um, you know, when I bring home closing checks and I know how much work went behind that check and I can take that and provide something maybe non-essential to my family, maybe it's a little, I don't know, staycation or I don't know, something, whatever it is, all the things, or maybe it just goes to savings, like whatever. I know that I provided that. And that means a lot to me to, that I was able to do that. And, um, I don't know. I, I really do think that the way we were developed as children, the way that we came up is definitely going to play a big role in how we see things in life, see people, see opportunities. And I've decided even at a young age, I was going to jump, jump on opportunities and I was going to go forward and you're not going to hold me back. So what did you get your degree in? So my degree I had back home in Baton Rouge, I had a, um, a applied science degree, but then here, when I moved to Arkansas, I did JB, I went to JBU and here in Fort Smith, the branch campus, and it was an organizational management. So not really, I mean, real estate was never on my radar. <laughs> it was just something that was presented 
to me and I feel like God just kind of put in front of me on a plate and I decided to grab it and go. Um, but it was an organizational management, which is just me. It, that's like the Amanda degree. <laughs> what were you hoping to do with that? I wasn't sure. You know, I was working at the church and, um, I knew that I wasn't going to be working at the church forever, even though, like I said, I loved it. I loved what I did and all that I, all that I did there and continue to do, but you don't have to work at a church to love Jesus. And, um, I knew I could do more probably not being employed by the, by the church, um, for the kingdom. And so I didn't know what I was going to do with that degree. I just knew I needed that degree to do something else. And you don't need a degree per se to do real estate. However, the skills and the different things that I learned and was pushed to do while I was in college, I definitely think, you know, contributed to things I do now. If any, if nothing else, it was a, it was a goal of mine to, to become a college graduate, the first in my whole, my whole entire family. So did it teach you discipline? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah, (laughs) I think, I think other things in life have taught me discipline as well just growing up I had to learn discipline or else I'd be in a much worse (laughs) worse place than I am so um yeah college is is definitely important even though you don't need it for real estate and I want to promote real estate and all the things revolving around real estate you don't need it for that but a college degree is important for many many things that you could do and during this conversation you've used the word influencer mm-hmm. often when you're starting out to know your strengths to know your weaknesses mm-hmm. and not try to fit into the mold of everyone else yeah how would you say to someone what their value is outside of being an influencer <laughs> yeah and you nailed it when you said to not try to fit into the mold of anyone else because one thing's for sure is that even if you are, say, a millennial and you're always on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, TikTok, and you're always looking at the, quote, influencers, um, it's not what you think. You know, everything is edited. Everything. Even if it doesn't look edited or it looks so real or natural. And I'm talking whether it be the color in the sky or the size of someone's thighs. <laughs> that mm-hmm. rhymed. <laughs> I'm going to save that one. Um, like, it's all edited. It is not. It's it's touched. It's not reality. It's touched in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah, it's not usually reality. And maybe there are some, but, and kudos to them. But it is, it really is hard. I think even for a younger generation than I am, um, they are coming up with the phone in their hand. They're coming up with Instagram in their eyes at all times. And, uh, you know, for young girls, this is super important to me too, is the message that young women um get from social media and I have a following and it's not like you know millions of followers obviously I'm in Fort Smith Arkansas but like I have a young following I know I know by name the young you know high school and younger that follow me and when I'm trying to post something I'm about to post something on my stories I think of these girls by name like is this going to benefit them to see this picture or is this going to make them compare is this going to make them doubt is this going to make them Um, think less of themselves because they don't look like this. So, um, yeah, I think being a quote influencer is, it is what you make it. You can make people better by your image or you can make, I feel you can make people worse. I mean, some people say, you know, it's not up to, 
to me what they see or it's not up to it's not my fault that they think that what kind of it is it depends on what you're what you're putting out there if you have an audience that's watching you and constantly trying to be like you in certain ways like you need to be feeding them you don't need to be depleting them you don't need to be starving other people to make yourself better or look whatever um and you know if you're not an influencer status it's so fun to say like like I said earlier, you have to you have to be an in you don't have to be an influencer to be an influence, if that makes sense. You can be an influence no matter where you're at, does not matter. No one's gonna give you the shirt that says influencer or the, the name tag, you know, it says you're now an influencer, you can influence people. That's not how it works. You just you know, if I didn't go one place in my life and didn't see one person, I'm still an influence to Sage and Rose Betancourt to that two and that one-year-old. I'm an influence to them, and it's up to me what they see on a daily basis. So no matter where you're at, be an influence. You don't have to be an influencer to be an influence. Do you have a plan laid out for the next five years? And if you do, what is it? I don't have a plan, I don't, and I don't want there to be a, a plan. I'm very much a planner, you know, um, but I feel like if I were to make a plan, I would if I didn't succeed, and this is just how my mind works, be it good or bad, if I didn't succeed, I would beat myself up, to be honest, just because that's how I'm very goal-oriented, and, uh, and nothing's wrong with that, but, you know, sometimes you can be so much of a goal digger that um, if you don't get the, if you don't succeed by the certain timeline, then you just, you're just, you just unravel, <laughs> and so, but then on the flip side, what if I create a goal and I far exceed it, which that's what I'm planning on to happen. <laughs> um, so I, I don't have a plan. However, I have goals. Um, I want to be a double diamond producer. Like I said, like my mentors are today or this year, they hit double diamond. That's $14 million in volume. That's insane. <laughs> um, but in this market, um, yeah, that's insane. It, yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so, it's so much. It's so many people trusting you. It's so many people that you're taking care of, but I'm, I'm going to do that one day. I, it might not be this year. Um, but I'm going to do that. Um, I want, you know, back to you asked about, uh, being happy or, or wealthy. Like, I want my house paid off. I want my car paid off. I want to create opportunities for my girls. I want, um, I want to start building their college funds. I want, um, gosh, I want to do all that I can to make my husband happy and succeed in his goals, whatever that looks like. I want to be their biggest cheerleader. So I don't have a plan for five years, but I do have goals that I'm going to achieve. I want to give you the floor oh. right now. Mm -hmm. Talk about anything you want to um, I would like to maybe hear some thoughts on success and failure yeah um, but just share your general outlook and everything that you think in a nutshell is of value to those up and coming yeah so gosh up and coming into real estate um, one thing I've learned and I haven't experienced this yet thank the Lord but you know, real estate comes in waves. It, it, there's high seasons, there's low seasons. And, um, I've thankfully been successful. Um, but slow seasons come and I see it all the time for different people. And what's a slow season for some person, you could be doing so much and then vice versa. So it just, just know it comes and goes. 
And, um, you know, when you're in a slow season, you can decide if you're going to sit still or if you're going to strategize. And I choose to strategize. Um, if there's a moment and it, when you get started, this happens a lot because you don't have the reputation yet. You know, it's hard to trust someone to sell your home if you have no idea who they are. <laughs> so you really are working on through your social uh, circle of influence. And so I would say that if you're in a slow season, just starting out or about to start out, and this hits, you don't just sit still, you need to strategize. Because um, if you sit still, you become stale, stagnant, and that grows bitterness, that grows um, you know, resentfulness, it grows comparison towards other people who aren't sitting still. Um, you need to get up and strategize. If you don't have any closings on the book, uh, which is whenever someone, you know, you get to the closing table and you buy or sell a home with your client. That's like the finish line for real estate. When you close on a home, you don't have any closings on the book or you don't have any buyers looking to buy. Get your notebook out, get your computer out and start strategizing of how you're going to make your noise. If things are quiet, make some noise for yourself because no one else is going to be making noise for you. No one else is going to be promoting you except you. Um, because really in real estate, you're like your own boss in a way. I work for own a real estate. You know, you could work for any real estate firm. My license is hung there in that office. However, they don't, I don't walk into the office on Monday and they're like, here's your stack of pre-qualified buyers, Amanda, go find them houses. You know, it does not work like that. That would be amazing though. <laughs> um, you, you, it is what you make of it. You are your own boss. And so I'd say, someone starting out too you need to be self-motivated and I am a big advocate for this in anything whether you're someone who works at Walmart you're a realtor you're a pastor you're an office administrator. you have to you have to be proactive for things that you're passionate about and if you're passionate about it it's kind of hard not to be proactive so perhaps if you're not per proactive maybe take a look back and take a step back and look and see what you're doing in life. Um, if you're really fulfilled and passionate, um, I can tell you that once you do find that one thing that you're passionate about and you're doing that for a living, it is, it's just, I mean, people who have done this and have found that niche, they know, you know, um, you can do so many things in life that you love, but until you find what you're truly passionate about. And for me, that's making people's dreams reality. That's, making big life goals happen. And so, man, once you make that, once you find that niche and you, you go after it, you just, you just know, <laughs> you just know. Um, so yeah, just starting out, be motive, be self-motivated, get yourself out there. And I know I've said it so many times, but I keep coming back, be an influence wherever you're at, no matter what, like, even if it's not business related, you need to be, and I feel like this is like a theme with your podcast too. Like you said, like everyone has something to say. Everyone has something to add to someone else's life, but yes. you, no one will know that unless you open your mouth and speak, you know what I'm saying? So you have to find someone, maybe it's someone you see on a daily or weekly basis at that coffee shop or at your work or the janitor at your work that no one talks to. You don't know what you have to give to them unless you start a conversation. And so... For me, and, and what they might have to offer exactly. in return. Exactly. You have mm -hmm. no idea um, until you start speaking. And so I find that there, there's success when you speak, whether it be business related, 
or just personally, you have to start talking to people. And shy people who don't like to talk, maybe you can communicate in other ways or just start smaller. Because I know even just talking about this, some people are probably cringing, thinking I about, know. That's know. why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, what do you, because shyness may be in someone's personality yes. now. But I don't think it's your, your final verdict. Yeah. I think you can grow out of it. But I think it takes practice mm-hmm. and commitment and possibly putting yourself in situations yeah. that challenges you. Yeah, and just an example to that, my sister down in Baton Rouge, she's she's an introvert. She she can be shy or whatever and but she's an artist and like professional artist and photographer and she's made a huge name for herself down there in a big city. And man, people seek her for her work. What is her name? Her name's Kimberly. She goes by Kimberly Meadowlark. Um that's like that's what she goes by and um man if you go now she's an influencer you go look at her instagram she has so many followers but it's because people aspire to be like her she looks different she's covered in tattoos she looks amazing like people aspire to be like that down there and um she's not this huge big personality that speaks to everyone Mm -mm. she's so kind and polite but like she's not someone that's just going to start conversations with everyone but yet people still seek after her because she has something to offer through art and through photography and through her trade. And it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And so that's the first example I can think of, of someone who you don't have to be this type A, like big voice, mm-hmm. like verbal voice in order to speak. You can do other things to, to communicate with people. Yes. So. Well, I hope that we have spoken today and that we reach others Um, Amanda, thank you so very much for being here. You've been listening to Rise Up with Julie Baumgartner. Thank you for listening today. Rise up and let's be the best that we can be. And listen to this podcast that will both motivate and educate. Thank you.